him like that. I said, you just got to get rid of the cow. She went, no, you're not rid of the cow. <laughs> We're constantly getting um, the face for each other. Soon no one's going to remember the name of Wix, so better do it now. Okay, we saw this film on the weekend in Australia, but it was actually really brilliant. And this is wrong, it is indeed. I couldn't not write, I couldn't not tell stories. I felt adequately prepared and it was quite terrifying. I've explored what I what I need to explore. You wouldn't do it if you weren't having fun. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Cinema Australia podcast. Uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, my name's Matthew Eels. Uh, my guest in this episode is Australian actor Matt Day. Now, if you haven't heard of him, then either you don't own a television or you've been living under a rock for the last 30 years because uh, Matt's been in everything from uh, the legendary Australian television series A Country Practice and uh, more recently Rake and uh, Black Comedy on TV. Uh, he also starred in Muriel's Wedding, Love and Other Catastrophes, and one of my favourite Australian films of all time, uh, My Year Without Sex, which was directed by uh, Sarah Watt. Uh, this was one of the best experiences I've had interviewing someone in uh, the last three years, and not because anything particularly interesting happens, but because I'm such a big fan of of uh, this incredibly professional that passionate, versatile, and uh, and very talented Australian actor. And Matt has an exceptional film and television knowledge, and he really tells it how it is when it comes to issues facing the industry at the moment, uh, in particular film distribution. Uh, if you're a young filmmaker starting out, then have a listen to what he says about it, because uh, I think he makes a few very valid uh, points. Uh, Matt has a short film showing at the St Kilda Film Festival on uh, Saturday the 21st of May. Uh, you can visit www.cinemaaustralia.com.au for more details. Anyway, enjoy. Hey, um, thanks for taking the time uh, to join the podcast. I really appreciate it. No worries. Uh, so can you tell us a bit about uh, about your short film, Perry? Yeah, well, Perry was kind of conceived as part of a web series that I've been working on with... Um, with Di Smith, my producer, which is called uh, Death by Lifestyle. And it was the idea, it was kind of inspired by, I don't know if you've seen High Maintenance. No, I haven't, no. It's a it's this kind of brilliant New York-based uh, series <clears throat> about, you know, people living in New York, obviously. But it's kind of like, you know, the idea was to create a non-linear web series, so different characters in each episode and kind of, kind of bring tie them all together with kind of similar themes um and perhaps have characters crossing over into into the various stories but um but we shot the first episode last year and then i got a whole lot, bunch of work kind of turned up <laughs> as happens and uh then we only just recently shot perry which was kind of the idea for the second episode and uh we're about to shoot the third one but, yeah, so Perry kind of came around and then, then like, I started showing Perry to people and just got this kind of great reaction from it. And I think people kind of really fell in love with, um, with particularly with, with Perry, the character, with Toby's character. Yeah. Um, and then the St Kilda Film Festival heard about it. I'm not sure how. I still have to ask him. But <laughs> I asked to see it and I sent them a link and then they invited us into the festival and... We've subsequently been invited to a few other festivals as well. So 
it's kind of taken on a life of its own. So I'm not sure when we're going to end up putting it online as part of the the uh, series, but that's still you know on the books. Wow. Okay. So so tell us a bit about the plot then, just for uh, people who don't know. Well, uh, the plot of Perry is I, I guess the log, the log line I came up with is a, a drug dealer overstays his welcome at a middle class dinner party. <laughs> so you know each episode of, of this series is kind of like it's like you know life in Sydney. It's kind of portrayed as this kind of perfect kind of life. It's it's kind of um, the underside, the dark side of the good life. Right, okay. So this is, you know, a couple who have uh, just bought their dream home. They've just had a, you know, they've had a baby. They're inviting some friends around to, you know, show them how fabulous their life is. And then I thought, I, I really like work that kind of um, spins in another direction, you know, that really kind of uh, pulls the rug out from the audience's feet. So I just kind of, it kind of grew out of this idea. I thought it wouldn't be fun to have these people standing around admiring this baby and then someone going, hey, we should get some cocaine to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of what happens in, in, in the film. And then, of course, they, the only person they can come up with is this guy's like, well, there's Perry, who I used to go to school with. He used to deal with drugs, but, you know, they're like, call him, call him. <laughs> and he ends up coming over and then, of course, they can't get rid of him and, and it just gets more and more awkward as, as the night goes on. Well, I saw a clip of it last night, and it looked hilarious. Um, so, so Perry is your fourth uh, short as a as a director. Is is there a feature building in there somewhere for you? I don't really know. I, I kind of my approach to filmmaking is kind of like a naive approach. I think <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't do it if I thought about it too much because I know how difficult it is. <laughs> so I just really. You know, this project, the kind of you're making of the web series, just seemed like a you know a good thing to do to kind of try and get something out there, and and I I'm really kind of I, I really love a lot of the lo-fi kind of filmmaking. This idea of I guess the um, uh, I'm trying to think who are those guys who did the puffy chair? You know, the brothers. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I kind of I like the idea of just going out and making something and not worrying too much about you know, or the equipment or the gear. For instance, with Perry, we just, we shot, you know, we had two lights, one camera, shot the whole thing in a day. So everything I kind of written has been, it has to be able, you have to be able to do it in a day, one location, and just try and get the best actors that you can. Like, obviously, because I'm an actor, my kind of focus is on, is on performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is there a feature building up? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I've got so many kind of, ideas that I've written down over the years. I think if I combine them all, there'd probably be a good feature in there somewhere. <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually really interested in, in, in TV, you know, and, and where that's headed. And, and I guess, you know, this kind of shorter format storytelling is something that I, I really like. I like the open-ended um, kind of, uh, you know, the way it works in that way. But And also a lot of the cinema that I grew up, you know, and that I was in love with, especially during the 90s, the American indie cinema. Oh, yeah. It just really isn't made anymore. And the finance just isn't there. There just isn't the circumstances to make it. So, you know, like people consider low-budget $60 million. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then there's microfilm and then there's there's blockbuster kind of stuff. And and there's, there's still, like, such a crisis in distribution, like, you know, I've had friends, you know, obviously a lot of my friends are filmmakers who mm. you know, put seven years into making a feature film just to see it come out and no one knows it's there and it just disappears. Just oh, kind yeah. We see it so all the time. Yeah. And, 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 and kind of web kind of platforms, there's this kind of distribution system that, that exists mm. and that, that is proven to work. 
and as a good way of kind of getting it, getting out to an audience. So I, I kind of I'm gravitating towards that. But um, but really, my filmmaking and my writing is really just uh, you know I do that so I get a chance to direct, which is something that I really enjoy. I guess the uh, the new Wolf Creek miniseries on uh, Stan is a good example of of where the future of uh, cinema is heading. Possibly, I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the TV that's on at the moment is you know a lot of that stuff would have been cinema previously you know yeah and i think uh look i love films i love going to see you know you know independent film and interesting films i do think that there there is a crisis in terms of distribution it hasn't turned out the way that everyone was kind of you know hoping it would the utopian kind of now we can all make them and everyone can see them it just doesn't seem to work that way yeah (laughs) I, i do think that there's also a crisis in terms of form of 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 cinema that that the three act structure has kind of it's so predictable now and in so many in so many films not just hollywood blockbusters but but independent cinema as well mm. uh it seems to be really kind of you know constrictive in, an, in not a, in not a good way you know I, I think it's good to kind of have um things that you have to work around but yeah i don't know it's 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 um it's not a good time for for interesting cinema. So when I was reading your uh, filmography last night uh, I noticed that there was a stage um, maybe after uh, a country practice maybe around Muriel's wedding you did quite a few films but then that really seemed to drop off and you you moved into television more so was that a conscious uh, choice of yours? No not at all that's just the way it it went. (laughs) When you're young and you're kind of you know you're hot and people can kind of, you know, this is how financing works. So then they can finance a film off your name. You've come off a big film. You get this kind of window where, where you're hot for that period, you know, and people can raise money on your name, and that's what happens. And then do this bunch of films, you know, unless one of those is kind of a big global hit. Um, that's kind of, you know, you have to kind of consolidate your career as just like a kind of, I guess, uh, what's the word someone used to describe me, which I kind of liked? Uh, <laughs> It was like Gun for Hire or something like that. I can't remember what it was, like Traveller or something. Anyway, right, I kind of liked it. But, you know, you just, you know, your career kind of consolidates. It either just dies totally if you disappear and try and do something else, or if you're lucky, you know, you kind of move into kind of, you know, the area that I kind of moved into, and, and television is just a good opportunity to keep working in that way. Yeah, you've definitely been lucky because uh, you know your your roles have been quite consistent since since you began. Uh, you know, all the way back to the Bartons in uh, in '98. Uh, I want to talk about that for a little bit. '88, uh, sorry, '88. Yeah, I want to talk about that and uh, a country practice. Did working on those shows satisfy the actor in you? Yeah, well, it did at the time. Definitely. I mean, you know. <clears throat> the Bartons, I was 14, so it was just, it was like a dream to kind of land it. I think that was like my first audition as well. So wow. that came about where I was doing some amateur theatre at St. Martin's Theatre and an agent sent me out. Kind of, they send you out to see what will happen, you know, what the how the industry will react. And, and I landed that job, so that got me the agent. And it got me the job and it was a fantastic experience working you know, with professional actors and directors, and it kind of spoiled me. Then I found it really difficult to go back to school really, after, yeah. <laughs> after that experience. And the same thing for a country practice. I mean, it was two years working with pretty much everyone in Sydney comes yeah. through that show. Everyone, the actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and it was a very heavy workload, especially because I was seventeen. So, you know, I, I tended to get 
the earliest starts and the latest finishes. And I was the youngest person in the cast. So it was good in that sense that it wasn't like a whole bunch of young people. It was, you know, older actors who'd been around who who were very generous in, in their kind of guidance as well. Well, you um, must have learnt a lot. Yeah, well, you certainly do. You certainly do. So, you know, it's... Um, it was a great experience. It was just great to kind of, you know, I left home, left school, moved to Sydney, had a great job, plenty of money, and was doing what I loved. So there was nothing really. But after after two years, that was that was enough. Right. Okay. Um. So, are you recognised most for a country practice, or what? What role are you recognised most for in your day to day life? Well, most well, it depends. It depends <laughs> which part of the world, but mostly a lot of rake, of course. Oh rake. yes, of course. Yep usually popular um so yeah that's that's been a lot recently a lot of muriel's wedding around the world like still now you know people stop me and and you know talk about that film so many people saw that film yeah um so that's probably the biggest one muriel's wedding i'd say but you, you you think that muriel's wedding was one of your most successful well it was one of my yeah. yeah. most successful yeah it's a global you know phenomenon yeah it's a hit so yeah, that was my first film as well. Well, that was my first film. That was PJ Hogan who directed that. That's he, right. he, he actually wrote, he and Jocelyn Morehouse wrote The Bartons, which was my first job as a kid. Wow, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. I out of film school, so. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I was reading your uh, IMDb bio, and, and you can never know uh, how accurate these things are, but it says that you moved to America with your father when you were 11. Uh, is this where you developed an interest in acting? Yeah, well, he was living over there in D.C. He was a journalist, and uh, I went and spent a year with him, and, and they had a, a you know a drama class at my school, um, and I did that, and just kind of, I think it was then, I you know, just kind of discovered that I had a facility for it. You know, well, at least people told me I did, so it kind of sparked an interest there, and it seemed like a lot more fun than, you know, real school work, so... <laughs> <laughs> so when I got back to Australia after it was, I was there for a year. When I got back, I, that's when I, I, you know, I went kind of looking for somewhere to to keep, you know, pushing that forward. And I found St Martin's Youth Theatre. Right. So okay. I signed up there, did that for maybe a couple of years, just doing school, you know, plays after school and cl- various classes and stuff. And then, um, and then I, like I said, I got sent out for that audition and and became a professional. Well, there you go. So, can you remember the moment that uh, that you knew in yourself that you that you wanted to act? Uh, I speak to a lot of uh, uh, younger actors and younger filmmakers, and everyone seems to have a story of that moment when they knew. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I always knew. Like, I mean, I, I loved doing it. I guess the moment where it really struck me. Um, I, I still remember being on a tram, and I was doing like my first play. It was a play called Black Rabbit at the Arts Centre in Melbourne for Playbox Theatre Company, who aren't there now. But um, I remember sitting on the tram and kind of reaching into my pocket and pulling out the yellow envelope with my, you know, $140 or whatever it was, take home, you know, and just thinking, yeah, I could do this for the rest of my life. It's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. For $140. Yeah. Seemed like a lot then. Wow. Um, have you ever turned down a role that that you've later regretted and and watched somebody else um, you know do really well in? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, I, I there are things that I look at now and I go, 
oh, why didn't I do that? I, mean, I remember turning back like a pilot when I was 25 in the States for a series because I didn't want to, like the kind of reality of having to live in LA and sign a seven-year contract. Seven years seemed like such a long time when you're 25 and, and thinking, I just don't want to do this, you know. I don't want to live in this town. Um, and I look back on that now and go, what, are you crazy? Because <laughs> <laughs> now it's like seven years, I go by in a heartbeat. If it's a success, you kind of set up. But, wow, yeah. but uh, you know, I don't really have that many regrets. You know, maybe there's a few jobs that I regret having done. <laughs> um, some of the ones where you go, oh, you know, it's just a money job. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's ever good advice. Never, never do that. Never do a money job. So, have you ever thought about? Uh, well, during your career, have you ever thought about packing up and moving to the to the states and and trying your luck over there? Not to the states. I, I did seven years in London, right. which was um, which was a great experience, and I'm really glad I did that. It kind of uh, scratched a lot of itches for for a young actor and, and got some really great, interesting work. Um, but I never really fell in love with LA. I mean, I, I, I know it's probably a very different town now, but I never felt comfortable in kind of in an industry town, but, um, but I was glad to live in um, London for a while. It was, it was a fantastic experience. That's, that's great. Um, so you played your fair share of uh, nice guys, love interests, villains, and, uh, and a few assholes along the way. Uh, what, what character has been the most fun for you to play? Definitely say uh, Frank Hurley in a, a series I think called about called Shackleton about the explorer Shackleton, right. um, which was the first job I did when I got to the UK. So Kenneth Branagh was playing Ernest Shackleton, yeah. and I was the ship's photographer, um, and we kind of we shot we shot like for a month living on a icebreaker off the coast of Greenland, and then we shot for you know a couple of weeks in Iceland, and then and then. Uh, about two excruciating months at Shepherd and Studios, but uh, that was definitely the, the most fun, the best character I've, I've had to play as well. Wow. Okay. There you go. Um, I, I want to ask you this question, and and I, you know, I hope you'd take it well. But uh, one of my favourite films of all time, especially one of my favourite Australian films, is My Year Without Sex. And uh, I want to ask you about working with the incredible Sarah Watt, who uh, passed away not long after the film's release. Uh, yeah. what, what was she like to work with uh, as a director? She was wonderful. Sarah has such a kind of... She's one of the rare directors who has, has a kind of real vision. So, you know, she really had something to say as well. I mean, I kind of said this about her, that she, she was kind of, you know, very philosophical in her approach to filmmaking. Which, which she would hate to hear, I think, because she was also very dry, right. very dry sense of humour and self-deprecating. But she had a real point of view, and, and that's a rare thing in a filmmaker. And, uh, and just a kind of great presence, great person to be around. Mm. So did, did you learn much uh, from her uh, filmmaking-wise? Do, 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 do you see some of her in your directing styles? I think I learned that it's good to have something to say. You know, and often you don't know what that is until you start working, but you just kind of have to get on with it. Mm. And the more you kind of work, the more you start to make, the more that that can kind of evolve, which is what Sarah did, particularly with her early animations and then moving into filmmaking. It was just kind of like, it was a journey of kind of discovering her own voice. And I think that that's a, that's a good thing to do is try and discover your own voice. Yeah, and uh, that film is, uh, just thinking of it now, My Year Without Sex is one of those brilliant films that, that really, I don't think it did uh, particularly well at the box office, did it? 
think uh, comparatively it did pretty well. I, I mean, think it was like two million bucks. And I think wow. most filmmakers these days would kill to get you know, two million bucks at the box office in Australia. Yeah, it was an incredible film. Uh, I remember meeting Sarah one night uh, at one of their Q&As and I just remember her being such a, uh, a warm person. Um, yeah. So you're very, you're very lucky to have worked with her. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, thank you very much for your time, Matt. I really appreciate it. And um, the best of luck with, uh, with Perry at uh, St Kilda Film Festival.